Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Allahümme ya azimü sultan Ya kadim el ihsan Ya daim el ni'am Ya kathir el cud Ya wasi' el ata Ya khafiy el lutf Ya cemil el sun Ya halim el ajal Sal ya rabbi ala seyyidina Muhammedin Ve alihi ve sellim Vardanı sahabeti ecma'in Allahümme leke el hamdü şükra Ve leke el mennü fadla وأنت ربنا حقا ونحن عبيدك رقا وأنت لم تزل ذلك أهلا يا ميسر كل يسير ويا جابر كل كسير ويا صاحب كل فريد ويا مغني كل فقير ويا مقوي كل ضعيف ويا مأمن كل مخيف يسر علينا كل عسير فتيسير العسير عليك يسير اللهم يا من لا يحتاج إلى البيان والتفسير حاجاتنا كثير وأنت عالم بها وخبير اللهم يخاف منك وخاف من يخاف منك وخاف من لا يخاف منك اللهم بحق ما يخاف منك نجنا ممن لا يخاف منك اللهم بحق سيدنا محمد أحرسنا بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفنا بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمنا بقدرتك علينا فلا نهلك وأنت ثقتنا ورجاؤنا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين عدد خلقه ورضى نفسه وزنة عرشه وميداد كلماته اللهم إنا نسألك زيادة في الدين وبركة في العمر وصحة في الجسد وسعة في الرزق وتوبة قبل الموت وشهادة عند الموت موفرة بعد الموت وعفوا عند الحساب وأمانا من العذاب ونصيبا من الجنة ورزقنا النظر إلى وجهك الكريم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنة عرشه وميداد كلماته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا In the 95th, around the 90s, 95th year of after the Hijrah is when Muhammad, uh, the the Qurayshi, the a very strong Qurayshi leader. You can come over, sit over here as much as that way as possible, so I don't have to bend my neck too much. As I'm joined by Ismail Al Khatib, political scientist. He's like the resident, one of our resident political scientists, because he knows a lot about political science, and he is. Um, uh, you're a lo- He's a local, but he may not be a local for too long. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but. In the 90s, the area between Sindh and Multan was conquered. Was conquered by a, 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 a great general and leader. He was from the Quraysh. And he was considered one of the, 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 str- the strong men of Quraysh and the strong youth of Quraysh. And he died at the age of 33. But he was the, uh, uh, one of the early, early Mujahideen who brought Islam into the land of the subcontinent. And he did so on the, on the command of the tyrannical leader of Iraq, uh, uh, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, right? 
tyrannical. He was so. What happened was that they were they were they were uh, taxing the Muslims, and they were giving a hard time for the Muslim merchants. And so, for a worldly reason, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf wanted that area conquered so that the path of trade would be conquered. Okay, so he then sent this uh, uh, this this Muslim army. Okay, and when he sent this Muslim army. They went, and the, just because sometimes the order comes down for a worldly reason doesn't mean the intention of everyone is like that. So they made the intention like a sound intention, and they they had a sound intention of uh, bringing Islam, okay, to the people, and and that's what happened. So uh, the area between Sindh and Multan was conquered in that time by Muhammad bin Qasim. Actually, sorry, he was not from Quraysh. He was from Thaqif. But he was Muhammad ibn Qasim. Okay? And so, Hajjaj bin Yusuf was from Thaqif. Muhammad ibn Qasim was from Thaqif. Hajjaj bin Yusuf was not the Khalifa, but he was pretty much acted with a great amount of latitude to do whatever he wanted to do because um, the Umayyads just trusted him. And he held down Iraq, which was very difficult to hold down. Some people say that Muhammad... Uh, that Hajjaj bin Yusuf is an answer to the dua of Sayyidina Umar against the people of Iraq. The people of Iraq, they had the best of leaders. They had Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas. They had other such leaders, and they kept giving them headache. Even one of them, he made an accusation against Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas. Right? He made accusations against him. Like, he doesn't recite the Qur'an properly. Right? And the accusations were so absurd against him that he realized this, there's not even a point to answer this. I'm not even answering this individual. So when he was brought to court in front of Sayyidina Umar, and of course Sayyidina Umar knows that Sa'ad ibn Abi Qas is innocent of all this nonsense. Sa'ad ibn Abi Qas, he said, I'm not answering the questions and the accusations that he's bringing. Not even answering. But if he's wrong, and if, if he's lying, if he's lying on me, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him to live for a long life. May Allah give him a long life in poverty. May Allah make it, that means elongate his misery. You know the philosophical saying, like life is like miserable, terrible, and short. Well, if it's short, that's a good thing. If it's miserable, then short life is a good thing. But he, so he said, may Allah make him have a long life in poverty and may Allah make him afflicted with fitna. Meaning, his, he can't control his temptations. And it was said about this man who lied about Sa'ad ibn Abi Qas that he truly was in fact seen in his old age with his eyebrows were so heavy that they would droop over his eyes but he would still try to lift his eyebrows up to look at little girl, to, uh, young women and to talk to them and, and they would shoo him away and throw rocks at him. Like humiliating end of life. But it would be a kafara for his sins because he used to admit it. And he used to say... The dua of a righteous man has afflicted me. So he's recognizing what happened to him, and he's recognizing that it's, it was because of what he did. So inshallah, that's actually a kafara for him. And the Sahaba, when they did make dua against people like that, it was on one hand natural, but on the other hand, the Prophet said, when I make dua against any of my companions, it's a kafara for their sins. Right? There's a hadith that says that. And whenever the Prophet, he said, when I... I'm not going to say, quote, that is dua against them, but my anger towards them. My anger, if I'm angry towards a companion, 
Uh, I'm just paraphrasing the hadith. The meaning is that when the Prophet ﷺ is upset with a sahabi, that's a kafara for his sins, right? So, or he's making dua, oh Allah, make it a kafara for their sins, as opposed to like damnation in the afterlife. So, it'll receive it in this life only, not the akhirah. So, Muhammad bin Qasim, he goes and he takes the area between Sindh and Multan, and uh, that's the area that is North Pakistan today, all of subcontinent back in the day. But Islam truly didn't flourish in the real sense in the subcontinent, uh, like a real flourishing. Of course, it was there, but it did not have a real flourishing until the Mongols came and caused a, a displacement of Muslims. So the Mongols came, and they came from uh, like the northeast, and they came down, and they disrupted the real jewels of the east for the Muslims, which is Samarkand, Nishapur, Bukhara, and then finally Baghdad. Like the grandson did, Genghis Khan never went to Baghdad, but the grandson went to Baghdad. Uh, Khawarizm, all these beautiful Persianate states that are not exactly in Persia, but connected close to Persia, all of them were disrupted. And they all came down. All those people had to go somewhere. And the subcontinent of India is very much like Egypt. This, it has everything there. Like, they, like Egypt, in Egypt, someone in Egypt, you have water in the middle, the Nile. <coughs> you have the delta up north, the delta being the three, around three main, main um, streams. So the Nile is unique because it's going upwards from a lake what's what the british renamed lake victoria i wonder what the in the old days what they called it before that from the lake that nile went north uh, unlike most bodies of water run south so usually if you have a river it runs it gushes from the body of water the sea down south into the land right or however but this one is going from the lake to the sea which is why the nile river is pretty unique and what is it called? U-K-E-R-E-W-E. Ikrawa? Is it in, like a Habashi word? Can you look it up? Yeah. We didn't talk about our sponsors, but we will in a second. Uh, as we give a basic background today of what we're, who we're, whose sayings we're going to study. We're going to study today and look at the sayings of Nizamuddin Awliya. His name is Nizamuddin Awliya, and he's from the Chishtiya. And he is between Ajmer and Delhi. Okay. And these are the spiritual capital, Ajmer, of India. And then the political capital and the cultural capital was Delhi. But Ajmer was one of the great cities of Islam early on. And then when you, when you ever look at the expansion of Islam, you're always going to see military, intellectual, and spiritual. Okay. The military is usually what establishes it. The intellectual is what defends it, but the spiritual is what truly gives it life. So when you have a place like Egypt, we're saying, water on one side, water on another side, desert on another side, desert beneath it, uh, or uh, and South Egypt is high, which they call Upper Egypt because it's above sea level, which is great defense mechanism to be high up. You don't have to leave. People come to you. Like you have everything there. Well, the subcontinent is very similar. The subcontinent has water. It has land. Everything is in the subcontinent. In the ancient times, in the old days, you don't leave the subcontinent. People come to the subcontinent to, 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 to benefit from its land. So, 
the Persian nations or cities, I should say, when the the Mongols came and they wreaked havoc there, it sent all of these people, many many of whom were very educated, very successful, etc., etc. They came down, and they all ended up settling in the different cities of India, particularly Ajmer, like our guy, Ajmeri, awesome Ajmeri, and Delhi. I think I'm saying it right. It's Delhi, right? Like Delhi, we say Delhi, but it's Delhi, right? So, uh, and so these two cities become the main cities, the two main cities of life there. And so we're talking that Islam was there for a while and there were little spots, but it's only after the Mongols came that all the huge displacement occurred. And at the time, the, the, uh, the subcontinent was ruled by Muslims, but it was, it was ruled by Turks, actually. There were Turkic people who ruled and repelled the Mongols. The Mongols tried to come and conquer India five times. Okay, five times. Now, the big wave, another big wave came when Mahmoud Ghazni, this is the big name, and I, I want to expand more, but it's not going to be today on some of this history, but Mahmoud Ghazni is one of the ones that really brought uh, fortification of the Muslim presence in, in India. Okay. From the, the Chishti or group, Tariqa, they were really the ones responsible for what we would say nourishing the souls. Nourishing the souls is important. It's because you can conquer a people physically. You can even defeat them intellectually. And that will mean absolutely nothing. It will mean absolutely nothing. I can give you all the proofs of anything in a book. People will not, most people are not moved, uh, not either, neither by physically being conquered by people. Because it's easy, we all get together and hate on the ruler, right? <coughs> can also give you all the proofs that you need, okay, for, for an idea. It still won't move the people. What moves the people is an emotion, right? And it's the most senseless thing, in a sense, from, from one perspective, but in, it's also a super rational thing from another perspective. That if you are moved to love something, then that's the greatest energizer for change. And that's why if you're smart, if you want to change people, you change them by going to their heart, not just their body. If you want them for the long long run, if you want people for a short term, you just conquer their bodies, that's enough. Or conquer their economics, that's enough. But if you want them for the long term, and this is really where I think that American expansion is smarter than European expansion. Europeans came in, they got these new guns, and they colonized. The Americans came in, of course the whole world, the Western world had a distaste of colonization, like around World War II, this, oh, this is not nice anymore, Right? And they get Churchill got kicked out because of that. But the Americans came in. Now, they couldn't colonize physically the rest of the world um, until they actually sort of did with Afghanistan and Iraq. But if you look at what they did, they culturally colonized people's minds and hearts with Americana, right? Come in with Baywatch, with Michael Jordan, with Coke, with Michael Jackson, Madonna. It's back in the 80s, right? 70s, 80s. That's what they came in with, 60s, 70s, 80s. So you got these people, they hate the British, because they were conquered by the British. They hate the French, 
but now they love the Americans, right? So that type of thing is, it is an emotional victory, but it rests upon superficiality. It's just completely superficial. What the Muslims bring when we say spiritual nourishment is also an emotion, but something that rests. Number one, it has an intellectual basis. And that's where our aqidah and our kalam is so important. Okay? To have an intellectual basis. Because if you get emotionally tied to something, like you're maybe one out of ten people is going to be rational about it, right? And say, so okay, is it beneficial for me? Is it even true? Like I'm getting hyped up about something. Is it true? Or to what what level am I going to change my actions towards it? So for example, people love, let's say, teams all the time, right? People love like a basketball team or whatever. Maximum they're going to do is dish out a hundred bucks for a jersey or 400 bucks for go catch a game. That's a max he's ever going to do. He's not going to change his life based upon it. Like that team cannot tell him, you know, you know, you need to get married differently. You need to buy and sell differently. You need to, Talk to us before you choose a career. So there are, em- there are emotional connects, hooks, but are very superficial. But then there are deeper sources to that. So the kalam element is so important to realize that this actually, number one, it's true. And number two, it makes sense. It's not self-contradicting. Okay? Because an emotion does not ne- necessitate that. Emotion could be sim- something that makes is actually bad for you. Right? Most sins... We get emotionally tied to some sin. It's bad for you. So that's the first thing about Islam. The second thing is that uh, what what this spirituality provides is an actual like life altering, not just this rational, but an altered life. Namely, it's something that when I was in need, I was in need, and these prayers came through. That's a big difference, also between let's say secular. Emotional hooks. Because secularism can have a lot of emotional hooks. Like the emotional hook of never having to answer to anybody. The emotional hook that I could do whatever I want. But does that help you when you're down? Right? When I'm poor, does that help me? Like I could do whatever I want when I'm down, when I'm depressed, when I'm sick, when I'm in need, when I'm stuck, does it help me? So that's when we say spiritual nourishment we mean that it hooks your emotions but with a bedrock of intellectual consistency and actual life-improving realities. So that's when we say that Islam comes, yes, we have a military presence. We're not embarrassed by that. I'm actually proud of that. They say, oh, you came in with the sword, as if you guys came in to Africa with anything else, right? (laughs) So that's the one thing. So yeah, Islam did come with armies for those lands. I have no shame about that. I'm not embarrassed. I'm proud of it. I root for those armies. And I hope more armies like that come out. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean success. We are ourselves admitting it's not going to mean success. You can bring an army here and we're just going to double down. right? And human beings do double down. So the army is not even a big deal. Okay? And in fact, most of Islam was spread without armies, to show that oh, as much as we love our armies and we have no problem, the, it's a world of conquest, don't be naive. You can't force your religion on someone, but you can conquer territories. And then you say, okay, folks, here we go. Go do your dawah. Go do your cap... Like, what do Americans do? All right, here we're in Iraq. Go do your capitalism. Pump that oil. Get that gas, right? What did the British do? They come in. Let's get that tea. 
out of India, right? <laughs> We've conquered it for you. You, know, you go get the tea and start selling it to the world. Go to the Caribbean. The British, go to the Caribbean. All right, let's get that sugar, okay? So the government comes in, secures the land, and then tells the capitalists amongst you, the businessmen, go and do trade and we'll give us some of it because we got the land for you. We call it a tax. Isn't that how life works? How history works, essentially? Governments come in and the government is the people, essentially. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's a king, but the government is the people, essentially. But the government comes in and these all of these people in the government, they're tied to the big business. And they come in, we got the country for you, now you guys go and do your East India British Tea Company, get the sugar here, get the rum from here, etc., etc., etc. Well, in Islam, the, the, what we're trading in is that we're connecting people to Allah. So they come in on the country, all right, we've secured the borders for you, you're safe now, go in and do that dawah, right, and call these people to Allah. And this is what happened. So when we say spiritual nourishment and the tishtia were so involved in that, that they were the ones who were bringing to the people the personal connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through prayers and through human beings. Like the product is a human being. Like when you have an army, what's your product? How many weapons do you have? That's what they say. They came with an army of 50,000. They came with horsemen. They came with this, that, and the, today it's F-16s, fighter jets. Like, what do you have? How many bombs? For intellectuals, it's a book. The book is the proof for you against the other side. But for devotion, it's the human being. It's like an actual living human being who mingles with the people, and the people see, and they feel the light of faith out of this person, and they're converted internally, naturally, by the nur of iman of that person. And Nizam al-Din Awliya, he was really one of the culminations. Because before him was Mu'ayyin al-Din al-Chishti. He's considered like the spiritual forefather of the Muslims of India. And that's why the Chishtiya has such a noble and it's considered such a respected group in India. Because that's, it's, it all started with them. So we're going to do, you know what, let me actually, the biography of Mu'ayyin al-Din al-Chishti is not that long. And most most of these spiritual teachers, their history is not is not what you read, right? Their history is not because most of their time spent is in just in ibadah, right? And doing dawah and being really uh, uh, charismatic in in a spiritual sense, meaning that people's lives transformed in their presence. But it's not like the excitement of a religious army. Right. Well, I'll read it another time. It's not like the excitement excitement of wars, right? Where there's back and forth. Even like business has probably more ups and downs. Spiritual biographies tend to be muted, but the wisdom of the spiritual biography is the sayings of the person. Right. So with that, we will shift now to the sayings of Nizam al Din Awliya. Real quick, to father, bring your mic up. So, uh, to your point that you were saying earlier, how Islam was spread by the yeah. in many cases spread by the sword. This was the other thing that that should be noted is a lot of the the spreading by the sword was a territorial gain, right? It's so, territorial, yeah, not human beings, right? And so you'll see if people if you look back in a lot of places where Islam was con- where, where Islam spread by the sword, many of those places actually took centuries for the population to oh yeah centuries even places like Egypt even to get fifty percent yeah. Uh, yeah. Egypt, Andalusia, and other places took 
centuries before the population even on a large scale became breaks. fifty fifty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's uh, something to know. I did look up the uh, the lake. The, yeah, what's the, the, what do they call Lake Victoria? So it, it was I don't I don't know how to pronounce it, so I don't want to butcher it. But it is it's basically the spelling that he um, that uh, that he mentioned Ryan mentioned, which is U K E R E W E. I can't find that. Yeah, I can't find like the etymology of it. Some some sources say it's like originally Swahili. Some say Tanzanian because it's in that area. Um, so that's that's the original name of it, and Arabs use that name from for centuries. It must to be. To it. Oh, okay. They called yeah. it. It must be from uh, what you call it the um, the maybe the Amharic. Yeah. Like where is Lake Victoria? It's in Ethiopia. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I think in it's in Ethiopia, Ethiopia right? And near Tanzania as well. Yeah. There's an there's an island in Tanzania with the same name. Okay. So that's a, the other thing too is you, know, you were talking about the the flow of the Nile. Yeah. How it's unique. That's actually also why Egypt, in the ancient days, southern Egypt was Upper Egypt, yeah. and northern Egypt was Lower Egypt, because it was reflecting the flow of the Nile. So Upper Egypt was where the Nile Coming from. Coming okay. from Upper Egypt and flowing down to Lower Egypt. In addition is, to sea level. Yeah, so I yeah. Th- but in ancient times, they, they, they basically just like, because again, they don't have satellites yeah. or anything. Oh, that's seaward. true, yeah. So they're, they're just looking at it as like, okay, it's flowing from here, so this I is see, Upper okay. Egypt, and it's flowing down to that direction, so that's Lower Egypt. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So, um... We were saying about the uh, territorial gain. The conquest of the Muslim is for territorial gain, not to change people's religion. That's the Christians who did that, right? Mm-hmm. The Christians in Andalusia. Force conversions. Yeah, they did total force conversions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's begin with our sponsors. First of all, patreon.com backslash Safina Society is what we're talking about. And uh, by supporting us at patreon.com with any support that you can give your inshallah sharing in the reward and also making this live stream possible because it could become impossible by the way nothing lasts forever right it could come and go because it takes a lot of resources to put this together right now we're using so much power to air condition this place with these (laughs) fake little fans until we get the real air condition and we got lights all there's so much lights there's power cords everything You, you can't imagine what the studio looks like from my perspective, we got poor Ryan there sweating, but Ryan wants to go study uh, in different countries. So this sweat that he's sweating is is inshallah preparation to him for him uh, because that's what he's going to feel when he goes to those countries, and he's not used to that from Sweden. So uh, <laughs> uh, the hottest day in Sweden is probably like seventy degrees. <laughs> so that's the first thing. So you, your support at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Next. MeccaBooks.com. MeccaBooks.com is... Um, Ryan, please unlock the door, says Oz. Oz is here. Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. He's the Wizard of Oz, but he can't unlock doors by himself. <laughs> or fly through the window. Uh, MeccaBooks.com is the operation that you want to go to in order to get your Islamic books. Uh, they have a ton of works that can benefit you in Aqidah, okay, that have been vetted and checked. Thirdly, when Ryan comes back, he'll click on the screen for professors1to1.com, and I can't tell you how pumped I am about these guys. Professors1to1.com are so good at what they do. It's ridiculous to see the grades change. And professors1to1.com, in my opinion, it's... Actually, risky to take them. Because you will do so well after you take them, people will think you cheated. 
I can guarantee you people who've gotten C's and D's and all of a sudden hundreds, like strings of hundred, 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 um, getting worried for them because people might think that they're cheating. Here, take the mic. What did you get? Caldini. Cold brew. Cold brew? Look at this amazing drink that Oz got. We're going to have to try some. I don't know if I have COVID, but... Because you know I was sick a couple days. And it's a stubborn one. People, look look at this wonderful drink. What do these people do? <laughs> That's some serious stuff. That cream at the top. By the way, there's two Muslim guys now that work there. Yeah, they gave me um, 90% off last time. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're... What's with the last the discount? they couldn't... The discount, yeah. Give you the final ten percent. I can't. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, because it's uh, you know they uh, have the the uh, workers discount, employee discount. Oh, true. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Um, Our classes are now. You can take them at arcview.org. Very soon, at arcview.org is going to be completely redesigned in terms of the homepage, where all of our classes are going to be listed. If it's live, it'll be listed. If it's pre-recorded, it'll be listed. And the link will be right there for people to take. Once you sign in, right, the link will be right there. So that no more fumbling around, where's the link, right? People fumbling, oh, I, I can't find the link. The link, you just sign in and you click and it'll take you right to the link, right, for the live session. If it's pre-recorded, boom, you click, you go straight to the classes. It's going to be so easy. And uh, a, a husband and wife are doing this for us, inshallah. They're programmers. All right, let's get back to our topic. Sheikh Nizam al-Din Awliya, his sayings. He lived from 1238 to 1325 in the common era, which translates to around, always just subtract 600. That's the easiest way. So 630 to about 720. Okay? If you want to know to convert common era to hijri, there is a formula, okay? But the simple way math is to minus 600. So the formula is, it's, it's a fraction because our, the hijri year is 11 days smaller, all right? 11 days shorter. Whatever that formula is, minus 632. It's when the death of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But if you want a rough estimate, just subtract 600. Okay? All right. Oh, look at this first one. Many people will like this. Women are equally endowed with spiritual power. They are equal to men in spiritual discipline. Okay? That's his saying. Maybe the compiler. um, You know that we have some men who, I guess they're insecure. To be honest with you, they're insecure. Anything that has said anything good about women, they get so upset, right? Is your mom a woman, right? <laughs> Isn't your daughter a woman? Isn't your wife a woman? Okay. SubhanAllah. I mean, uh, they have such a reaction to this. I have a reaction to an idea that's against Islam, right? And I also have a reaction to someone whose all their Islamic discourse is driven by a, an external discourse, Right? So like they, what they consider to be good in Islam is actually something that was, is considered to be good by someone outside of Islam. Right? So that if we start talking about animal rights, if there's animal rights, now all of a sudden animal rights in Islam. 
It's like we weren't even, you didn't even talk about Tawheed yet, right? <laughs> and now you're on animal rights in Islam. So he's, his, even if he's, what he's saying is true, but he's driven by an outside source. It's so important for us to drive our discourse from ourselves. And one of the most important things about this is that victory comes from Sakina. It's in the Quran. It's all over the Quran and all over the Sunnah that your victory will come through a spiritual force which the Quran calls Sakina. Not only will your victory come, your relief, spiritual relief, anxiety relief, all that, not only that, your beauty. People's face becomes beautiful, their skin becomes beautiful because of Sakina. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this twice in the Quran. Talinu juluduhum. Their skin becomes soft. Right? Why? Because when the sakina comes down, it comes down like a cloud. If a cloud touches you, it doesn't go straight to your heart. It has to go through your clothes and your skin. Right? And the clo and the why it goes through the clothes, for example, is why Sayyidina Yusuf's shirt was used to heal his father. Right? Because the sakina was still on his clothes. And he wiped his eyes over the father and boom. Right? Sakina is a substance that attaches itself to the skin, to the clothes. What is in the taboot of Musa and Harun and the Bani Israel? The, lyric, the, the relics of Musa and Harun and their families. Why their families? Because the families were around them when they were doing ibadah. Either participating or not participating. But when the Sakina comes down, it comes down on everybody in the house. Okay. So... That's when our talk about our Islamic discourse, we're talking about directing it ourselves, not just whatever comes outside comes. And there will be a degree of reaction because if something's coming at you every single day, you're going to react. So I don't deny that there's going to be reaction. But the overall discourse has to come from ourselves. That's why we should really care. We should, we should be able to care. Uh, we should be able to not care less. You know, people mess up that thing. We should, we should be able to not care less about the discourse of the left and right, right? Unless they're attacking our morals and our kids and our families, which is the left is doing all day long, okay? So sometimes we react to that because it's like we're defending our own you know, communities. Next saying of Sayyidina Nizam al-Din, every visitor should be served something, even a cup of water, maybe offered his teaching adab. We didn't even serve this brother. I, I want to, uh, oh, okay. can we talk about that comment please? What did he say, chill? No. no. Which comment? Go back up, go Ryan? Back. The one has, I don't know if you saw this, there was a map that was published, I don't know who published this map. <clears throat> yeah, the least. That basically said that a map of Europe that showed which countries are likely, most likely to not host you when you come over, sometimes will host you and will definitely host you and if you see all of southern europe turkey spain italy was like highly like overdose of serve mostly places that were under muslim rule yeah and then like western europe like not a little bit and then like sweden finland norway like those countries absolutely will not give you any it's insane somebody was people were like commenting about how they went to like a swedish friend's house and they were like their 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 friends would would like they were, like they would be at a Swedish person's house, yeah, and the Swedish like friend would go down for breakfast with his family, and be like, "Wait, I'll be back in like twenty minutes, wow. something like that." And then like so, so I, I, I don't know if these are like exaggerated people. stories or if it's real, but it's uh, it's not I'm exaggerated. Sorry that you this right now because it's perfect timing. It's not exaggerated because um, I have a sheikh. He's a white sheikh. He's white. He him. I'm not going to say his name. He himself told me that. The, the way they grew up, 
you do not give out your money or share your food. Mm-hmm. You just don't do it. It's not yep. something you do. He told me that that's something that when he came into Islam was a shock to him. It was a shock. And he told me a, a, a story where he was sitting with some brothers uh, from Afghanistan in Fremont, California. And they're sitting there eating a bunch of pizzas. And some dudes, I'm not going to say what race they are, okay? Uh, but I guess from the, con- uh, from the <laughs> context, he could figure it out. That they, they were eating a couple pizzas. So they had two pizzas, and they were five guys. So five doesn't go into 16 evenly, right? So they started calculating, and they started saying, well, how many pieces did you eat? How many pieces did you eat? And splitting... <laughs> A, like twenty five dollar, twenty three, because you're gonna get some drinks. So let's say twenty three dollar, you know, a bill by five people. A twenty three dollar bill. You guys want to 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 to? Oh, Ryan Aloaka practicing what he's exactly what's going on here by. Got ice in it too. Ooh, there's ice in the water. What a nice cup. Rub my forehead with it. Who got us these nice cups? From Restaurant Depot. See the Safina Foundation, what we serve the people with? Really nice. Because you know those, they're, they're styrofoam junk cups. This is a really nice paper cup. Okay. So, now, these guys, the Afghani guys, got so disgusted by this. That's good. Right? And they're like, well, who's going to eat the last piece? Who's going to eat this last piece? Et cetera, et cetera. That this Afghani guy stood up. He went. He went to the guy. Give me another pizza. He ordered the pizza. He paid for it, and he slammed it on their table and said, eat and shut up, right? How could you, dividing $23 bill by five people, we went out, we go out, and sometimes the bill is $230, and then someone does that trick of, I have to go to the bathroom, I have to get some from the car, I have to wash my hands, right? I have to take this call, and we find the food is paid for, right? I, I, you never go to any Muslim uh, 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 gathering, Except that there's going to be an argumentation about who, right. you know, who pays. Some of the, some of the Ahmed some Ali, of the, you got to hold this guy back. Ahmed, Ahmed Ali, <laughs> you got to hold him back. You have to hold him back. <laughs> He'll drop like three hundred bucks on the. No, he will. <laughs> he doesn't think because he trusts in Allah. Like Allah's generous. If I'm generous, Allah will be generous to him. So Allah will be generous to him. He doesn't think. Yeah. And the Prophet ﷺ said to say Aisha, when the guests come, and she, he knew that she's looking at at the food and at the number of guests and this happened a number of times in the seerah the Prophet said serve with your right hand say bismillah and serve serve as if there's no bottom to the pot and don't look at the food don't look at the pot because sometimes the material it intimidates our aqidah it intimidates our iman just like when you look at the enemy okay when you if you were at the battle of Badr when they looked at the enemy the enemy was a thousand and there are three hundred but to rectify this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed the Messenger وسلم, in his dream that they were very few. The, the Prophet was shown the effect of this number. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? And if he had shown you them as their material image of being a thousand, it would have struck fear in the heart of the leader, therefore fear in the heart of everybody else. If the leader's afraid, everyone else is afraid. That's why I said, You would have failed. Because if the Prophet saw that, oh, there, there are many who were nervous, if the leader is nervous, everyone else is nervous. And the Prophet wasn't like that. The Prophet, in fact, was shown them small. When he's shown that, that there were a few numbers only, it means their effect is the effect of like 
20 people. Right. Right? Even though they're 1,000, the end result that they... And how many times do you see a huge organization and they bring you the effect of, you know, something very little? For example, do you know that uh, arcview.org is way more successful than CNN Plus? <laughs> right? How many millions and how many thousands of people worked on CNN Plus, arcview.org, and nothing but facts live stream? CNN Plus went under for what hundred million dollar debt? Million dollars debt they spent on to start to launch the service, and they didn't for a month work for a month. That means they, uh, you fools. no one watches the regular. Series. No one watches it for free, right? Why would anyone watch it? Like no one watches this stuff for free. So except if you're in a hotel, see, see, see the if you're in a hotel room or an airport. Yeah, that's what right. Subhanallah, Adiyam, unbelievable, unreal. So this thing in Sweden is a big deal. Like it's a trend on Twitter. It, well, this this map was like published and it's been making the rounds on the internet, yeah, basically making fun of how Scandinavians don't share their food, and it's been going around. Obviously, it's no surprise that a lot, of, especially Turkey and Bosnia and all these places, a lot of Southern Europe is very hospitable. Yeah, that's not no surprise. Yeah, but uh, it was just very interesting that. And then I'm just saying, okay, maybe they don't like. You know, maybe if you come over, they won't give me. But people were saying, "No, I slept over at my friend's house, and he would go down and eat breakfast without me." Unreal. <laughs> here's the map, everyone. If you could see it, I don't know if you could all see it, but here's the map. Okay, where it's in dark blue. Almost always, you will basically get stuffed, and it's true. Yeah. If you go to any of if any of us brown people go to our our uh, home countries, you're gonna come back overweight. Right? Yeah, I was just in Turkey. This was literally the case. <laughs> stuffed. You will get stuffed. But anybody's okay. house. Yeah. Uh, usually, that's France, Italy, or, or, or France, um, okay. northern Spain. These places, usually you will get anyone who's bordering, catching the vibes of They're the Mediterranean. They're carried by all the Arabs. By, exactly. Arabs. That's yeah. what I was about to say. It's all, it's all, the, it's all the brown all people in those countries. <laughs> unlikely to <laughs> give you food. <laughs> Unlike, unlikely to give you food. UK, Germany. Most of France, northern France, Amsterdam, okay, and then very unlikely to give you food, okay. All of the three Scandinavian countries, and you know the there are Scandinavian countries on the landlock on the land side, mm. under the northern sea. What is, what is that? Amst- you know Denmark and all those yeah. countries, northern France too, okay. Wow, I don't know. Who made the poll, and if it sociologically makes any sense, but I like it, so. Uh, it, it, it matches what, what people expect, right? And also saying good things about Mediterranean people, yeah. which is our people. Exactly. So, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's what he's saying. Every visitor should be given something, even a cup of water. Okay. Fasting is half of the salah, the other half is sabr. Patience. A man is in his worst state when he considers himself good and pious. How does a person do good deeds? People say he's doing good deeds and then not believe he's good and pious. Well, by relativity. There's two ways to break that mold. Relativity. So what did you do that's so good? Uh, Let's say, oh, I gave, you know, uh, 50,000 in Sadaq. Yeah, but you never uh, manned an army. As we say, Northman did. He he fueled a whole army. He funded a whole army. Uh, There's people I know 
here, living around, who gave donations of 500 grand. 500 grand. You never see it again. Boom, donation. And on top of that, when they gave suggestions to that organization, the organization doesn't necessarily take it. May take it, may not take it. That's humility, right? That's sadaqah. So whatever you did, someone did far, far greater than you. Number two, way of deflating any sense that you are achieved something of good deeds with Allah Ta'ala. Or minimize it. Is that, what about your bad deeds? How do you know that that outweighs your bad deeds? I'm sure you have bad deeds. So do dhikr of your sayat. There is a time to mention your bad deeds and a time not to. The time to mention your bad deeds is when your nafs is talking. The time not to is when you're making dua. Why? Because it will make you feel that uh, unless you're humbling yourself and saying, I'm not worthy. But unless it would make, if it would make you feel that I'm not going to be answered, then you should ignore such a thought. When you're in the height of ibadah, you shouldn't think of your bad deeds. Third thing. Well, who made you do these good deeds? Where did the thought come from? And where did the protection from other thoughts? Like, why is it that some people have a desire to do something bad? Some people have a desire to do something good. You may do what you will, what you want, but do you want what you want? Are you, are you the chooser of your desires? Or does a desire come to you from somewhere, and then you may have accepted it, yes. So an uh, uh, idea comes from outside of you, into you. Then you choose to accept it or reject it. So where did that idea come from? That's the real credit. goes to that. All right. So these are all techniques and ways that if, if our nafs ever talks to us about something that we do well, this is how to negate it. Secondly, always try to do something that's outside your, uh, your comfort zone. If you're always starting a project that you're not good at, and you're failing miserably. Let's say you have 10 things going on in your life. Like your marriage is one thing. Your kids is another thing. Your job's another thing. Your dean is another thing. You got 10 things. You should always have something that's totally brand new to you that you're terrible at. Right? Number one, it'll simulate you keep growing. Right? You'll, you'll grow at it eventually. And you'll be able to add this to your deck of things that you're good at. But also the other thing is the idea that by failing at it, it gives you a dose of humility without you having to fail at something that's really important, right? So a lot of us reaching this age, it may be starting a a new business and you keep failing at it, right? Whereas you could fail at it. You feel, when you fail at it, you're like, well, I just failed. It has a good impact on on yourself, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really harm yourself, like your life. It's not like I'm failing at my marriage or failing at my job or failing at raising my kids. I'm failing at something that I could actually afford to fail at. But you're nonetheless getting trounced by your competition. It gives a little bit of humility there, right? The other thing is, uh, this is the negative of when groups are um, insular. When they don't go out to the general local mosque, they set up a standard for themselves and they all meet that standard. Whereas when you go out to the general mosque, People don't care who you are, right? There are a lot of people who walk right by you, right? They don't care who you are. They just—they don't even know who you are. They're just coming to pray and leave, right? And it's so funny sometimes <clears throat> that after 10 years at MBIC, this May 1st, 2022, marked 10 years. No. It's so funny when people comes up, come up to me. People I see all the time in Jummah, 
They say, so Mashallah, you've been like a volunteer khatib here for like 10 years. What do you actually do? Right? <laughs> right? And it's just funny that they say that because they're living in a different world. His own world. Maybe he's focused on whatever he's focused on. And the masjid is a small sliver of his life. It's just where he fulfills his jama. But when he talks to you like that, it makes you realize like the world that you're in is not someone else's world, right? He could care less about it, right? He couldn't care less about it, right? So it's a great uh, reality check. It gives you a reality check. The reality that we may tunnel vision ourselves, but when you meet someone like that, it breaks your tunnel vision. It makes you realize like how vast the world is and how small we are in that world. <clears throat> Self-criticism and quarrel with your nefs is better than 70 years of prayer. That's beautiful. Self-criticism, meaning self-blame and muhasabat al-nafs. To blame your, your nafs, right? And Sayyidina Adi says, do not humiliate yourself in public. So don't do this in public. Except Sayyidina Omar did it when he felt the threat of his nafs was extremely dangerous. And this was Sayyidina Omar, who is, shaitan would flee from him. But let's take a look at why. Because he catches the whisperings of his nafs, of his ego, very early on, and he crushes it. That's why shaitan is afraid of him. So what happened was that Sayyidina Omar is giving a speech in front of everybody, and he mentions that a long time ago, he was a herder of sheep, uh, of camels. And if he didn't herd the camels, his, da- his, uncle, or his dad would beat him. And if he did herd the camels, his aunt would give him a handful of dates. And he would eat them and still be hungry at the end of the day. So that's a miserable existence. So Abdurrahman ibn Awf came to him afterwards and said, Amir Mu'mineen, why would you say something like this about yourself in the khutbah? He said that, nafsi. My nafs told me, you've conquered Persia, you've conquered Arum, Syria, the Byzantine army in Syria. And so I had to put it in its place. So that's why he's who he is. Because he's so afraid of Allah regarding his nafs, that Allah made people afraid of him. Right? Someone asked Sayyidina Ali, why is everyone afraid of Omar? He said, because Omar is afraid of Allah. Right? And when the fear of Allah means fear of slipping up on the rights of Allah, or fear of broaching what Allah is displeased with. Okay, that's the meaning of fear of Allah. This fear of broaching what Allah is displeased with. So, Abu Hassan al-Shadli talks about, Oh Allah, make my sins the sins of one you love. Which means that you, we may fall into what Allah is displeased with while Allah loves us ourselves. He said, that's the ideal thing. That's what we want. And he says, do not make my good deeds the good deeds of one you hate. That means someone may, may be hated with Allah because of various features and characteristics, but they end up doing something good, right? That good thing gets compensated without them being loved. Compensated for dunya, not in akhirah. Mm-hmm. And the sins of somebody, just because Allah loves someone, has great heart, great characteristic, great ikhlas, does not mean he's sinless. But those sins that Allah Ta'ala will forgive them with ease and and, and, and quick tawbah and kafarat and, and that's it so that's what we want to go for and so it is possible that people whom Allah loves they fall into something bad so there's fear of Allah is fear that we fall into or do something that displeases him and the worst is, is, is this feeling of self um, uh, uh, 
like security. Like I'm, I'm secure with Allah Ta'ala. Anything I could do is going to be forgiven. I'm good. One who serves becomes the master. Who is the most important person in a, in a qawm? Sayyidul qawm khadimuhum. It's from the hadith of the Prophet But the more you serve, you become someone who puts yourself down and looks at the interests of others. If a person continues to do that, Allah Ta'ala will elevate them to be the Sayyid of the qawm, the chief of the qawm. Why? Because he's benefiting the people. People are benefiting from him. People are, uh, when he puts himself down for the interest of others, he learns what their interests are or what benefits them and he's able to secure them for them. He said, now devotion of Allah Ta'ala is of two kinds. Lazimi wa muta'addi. Intransitive and transitive. What does that mean? The lazimi devotion is for yourself. Ibadah for yourself. Salah, Sawm, Hajj, Qiraat al Quran, turning your beads, he says. Okay. It's all for yourself. And Mutaaddi. And Mutaaddi, it brings comfort to others, which is Sadaqah, smiling, showing affection to people. Okay. Through which man strives to help his fellow human beings. And the reward of the Mutaaddi. Is endless and limitless, right? You ever f- someone does something to you and you feel such a relief? That sense of relief becomes the reward of that other person, right? That sense of relief in that person's heart—you were the cause. Allah used you to sow at that sense and to to bring about and to create. In the, by the permission of Allah that relief in someone else's heart that relief will be taken and it will be a reward for you forever that's why anyone who's finds themselves stuck in any way shape and form emotionally stuck financially stuck like you're in a rut stop trying to serve yourself go serve somebody else like in any capacity like walk around in the streets right serving others like how do you serve others in the streets well, in the olden days, there are poor people in the streets. You could smile for people in the streets, help old people cross the road, lift bags. In any capacity, you find a way to help others. And ask Allah Ta'ala, Oh Allah, I can't help myself. But I'm going to help your servants and you help me. This is the deal. This is chijara with Allah Ta'ala. It works every single time. I mentioned to you before that there was a, a, a pious person. He said, every time I, had a, I get a bill, I give a sadaqah. Like every time my financial... Uh, uh, situation is bad I give charity when I give charity then Allah takes care of my finances how? he gets opportunities right? poetry and scholarship are vain and valueless if used for self-praise this is something Imam al-Haddad despised even Islamic scholarship that's simply used to boast yourself up to put other people down right? if you're memorizing the Quran and the result of that is you're now capable of putting people down, right? Or putting down others who didn't memorize. Okay. Is that a muffler or is that a bullet? Not going to be a bullet at this hour, right? It's a muffler. Uh, you memorize Quran, you do these types of things to put other people down. Or you're able to use terminology of usul al-fiqh or whatever to put people down. You're useless. Right. This is a negative. The purpose of prayer is to get rid of self-conceit. So one who is egocentric 
and selfish cannot achieve anything spiritually. So if salah and ibadah and putting your head down doesn't humble you, you're not praying properly. Something's wrong with your salah. Like something is terribly wrong. And if something's wrong with a person's salah, then it's, as Sayyidina Jafar al-Sadiq said, it's because their understanding of Allah is flawed. Right? Their understanding of Allah Ta'ala is something, you know, it's flawed. They believe things about Allah Ta'ala that are not true. And that's why correcting aqidah is so important. Right? Correcting... If you study the 99 names of Allah Ta'ala, that's the best, this is one of the best ways to, 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 to rectify your understanding of Allah. But there are lawazim to that. So namely, the opposite of those things are also, you must reject. So if something is established for Allah, the opposite of it, by logic, must be rejected. And shaitan can whisper to you and deflate your iman by making you believe something that is untrue about Allah, right? In the same way that if I whisper to you, if, if, how did Othello work? The, you know, the Shakespeare's play Othello is through a character who whispers to Othello, the prince, because he's not so handsome. His wife is really beautiful. And what's his name? Diago or something? Iago? Iago. Iago comes as the prime minister and he's like, how is this, this ugly guy, the king, and this beautiful woman is his princess. I'm going to mess him up. Right? And he starts whispering things about the, his wife to Othello. Wiswes. Things that are false. So Iago is like the shaitan character. Shaitan, what he will do is whisper to a person something that is not true about Allah. People say this all the time. Oh, I'm not worthy. Allah is not going to answer my dua. Uh, even some people have this, you know, uh, Allah is busy with the people of Gaza. A'udhu billah. Right? He's busy. Why should I pray for like a nice car? I really want a nice car. I'm like a 17-year-old kid. I want a nice car. But I'm scrolling through and there are people starving in Yemen. So I'm not going to take Allah away from serving the people of Yemen to serve me. You made Allah into a busy person. You think Allah is like a busy person. All of this requires no effort. This is Ayatul Kursi. Right? To maintain this entire creation, which is we are just like a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. The earth is a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. And you inside the earth is a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. Right? None of this costs Allah any effort. Right? It's not like us. So shaitan makes these whispers. And Jafar al-Sadiq was asked, why do people, some people's du'a is answered, some people's du'a isn't answered. He said, it's not answered because they're calling one they don't understand and they don't know him. So you have to know the attributes of Allah properly. One of the distinguishing features is like talking Come closer. to uh, yeah. like Tullab al Yeah. And you see the ones that are really successful. Yep. And you know, I've asked them like, what, like, how did you kind of get, the, like, get there? Yeah. And what I saw one of the commonalities between all of them was just that you know, like, we really wanted it. That's what it is, and we yeah. thought it was possible. For a lot of people, they think you know it's not possible. Like they'll be like you know, I'll never be at the level of say Murabit al Hajj yeah. or one of these people. These students, the real ones who are really successful, they don't think that way. Yeah. They think you know Allah can give it to me. And you know, subhanAllah, like sometimes it's just like 
you'll find yourself and you become the roommates with the sheikh. Something like that. It's, it's so it's, insane. It's true. It's, it's, uh, there was a brother who had an addiction. And he was like literally just khalas at the wit's end. He's like years, it's been years, it's been years. So I asked him a question directly. I said, do you believe that Allah Ta'ala has the power and the willingness to remove this addiction from you in one instant? And he was shocked by the question. And he genuinely said, to truth be told, I never thought about it like that. And I, the way you ask me, I want to say no. I know that's the wrong answer. Like he knew that's the wrong answer. But his instinct, his, his inst- immediate instinct was no. So I said, therein lies the beginning of this, the, the cure. The beginning of the cure for this matter is for you to strengthen your iman. Absolute, no doubt belief. As if you're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now and your addiction is right there next to you. He can handcuff that addiction and put it away. Or he could kill it altogether. Do, do you think most people's issues is that they don't believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can or that he that That's he why I said both. He won't. Can? Because like we, we, I mean, we, we know he can, he can do literally anything. Yes. But it's a question of, oh, but he won't do it for me. That's, for that's me, exactly though. why I said, right. you believe he's capable and willing, right? Qudra, irada. And Allah's kareem. He's generous. Whatever you ask him, he gives you in certain times. You go to Yom Arafah, which we hope that the Western countries can make hajj because there's a big dispute in the hajj ministries. Many Western countries may not make hajj this year. We ask, I hope that really doesn't happen. May Allah Ta'ala make hajj possible for the people of the Western it's countries. Because right? they have needs, financial. There's a political the, dispute. No, it's a financial because financial. The, uh, the, 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 the Mutawafs of Saudi want to deal directly with the hujjaj mm. and cut out all the companies. Oh. So um, that's the dispute. But people have needs and they have wants and they want to go to Yom Arafah believing that dua is accepted there. Mm. So they want to go there and we want to go there. Like, so we have to really make dua that it gets resolved and people go and not take hajj so lightly. Right? Well, why we take it so lightly? Uh, the, oh, maybe this year, maybe not. It's a big deal. People have needs and desires and desperations. So you have to know that he is generous, willing. What is the kufr of Bani Israel? It's in the attributes of Allah. They said Allah stingy. Yadullahi maghlula. Right? Allah stingy. Where we say Allah is kareem. He's not stingy. Any day that Allah Ta'ala deprives somebody, it's either their sins that deprive them. Allah is generous and you put up this. For example, if I say, listen, here's the water, and you don't reach to get it, they don't blame Allah for being stingy, right? You blame yourself that you have no interest or desire to get it, right? Or you could say that human beings are oppressive. Right? <coughs> Allah creates people and gives them all free will. So yeah, you, maybe you want it, maybe you have no sins. There are oppressors in the world, right? So other human beings oppress others. It's extremely important to understand the to have this husna dhanni billah ta'ala and to realize that that's actually the beginning of everyone's cure is to believe that Allah is powerful, capable, and willing. If you approach Him with that, Iman, I believe that very quickly, within time, you're going to get your solution. Like, there may be things that need to be changed for you. Just because, like, just like if a, uh, if a like, let's say a CEO, he has kids, right? Mm-hmm. 
He looks at his kids. He sees one of them. This is the one who's going to build up this company, right? He, he's made the like one incident may occur that solidifies this is going to be the kid. Out of all my kids, this is the one. But that doesn't mean tomorrow the kid will be CEO. These things have to happen first. He's got to go to high school first. I need him to get a master's. I need to justify why I'm going to make him CEO. He needs to work a couple years. But the decision has been made. In Aqidah, we call this tenjizi and suluhi, which means that a decision may be made. A qada is there. The decision's made. But the manifestation of uh, the qada the has to take time. And that's where, for example, the knowledge of the Prophet the Prophet he declared and he said, I've been given knowledge of the heavens and the earth. Imam al-Haddad translate that as the bulk, the most of all the creation of the knowledge of the heavens and the earth. But we know when we see that he did not have that knowledge when he was born. He did not have that knowledge at the age of 40. And it slowly, slowly came to him. So it's in Allah's judgment that he will have that knowledge, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. So likewise, when you approach Allah Ta'ala as... I'm coming to you, Allah, you are capable, you are willing, and you are generous. And this is the hour of ijabah, which you said, and here I am making my request. You're going to get it. So when I told this brother that this is the issue, it really shook him up to the inside, and he said, yeah, my problem is I'm trying to fix it myself, and I'm not relying on Allah. And you're asking me this question, I couldn't really say that, with truly in my heart I know textbook answer is yes but truly in my heart the answer was no so I said fix that that's the beginning of the cure for all of those who have addictions okay honest dealings alone lead to lasting fame honest dealings he said there should be no expression of anger when points of difference are discussed what's the point of difference and what is not a point of difference? So, points of difference are where the language and the logic allows for difference. Right? When language and logic allows for difference. Where language and logic do not allow for difference, that's where we draw the line and we say that that is not a point of difference. That's why we can say the madahib are valid differences, but the adyan, the religions, are not valid differences. Right? So, it's a valid difference of opinion on uh, bottom dwellers between the Ahnaf and the other madhabs. Are we allowed to eat crabs and lobsters? Fine. It's a difference of opinion. Is the uh, semen of a man, is it pure or impure? Difference of opinion. A lot of difference of opinion. Is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim part of Fatiha or not? But there are some things that are not differences up for, up for discussion. A direct observable reality is not up for discussion. We can't say it's a difference of opinion if the sun rises from the east or the west. right? Likewise, when it comes to the adyan, the idea that there is one God and Muhammad is his prophet is a, is a qat, I think. There's not, there's la majala lirai. There's no uh, uh, room here for opinion. It's something that's qat. Okay? So that's where, as Muslims, we accept valid difference of opinion and there are invalid difference of opinion <clears throat> every wealth has its zakah and the zakah of knowledge the zakah, the zakah of knowledge and learning is to act upon it Sayyidina said the zakah of salah of time is salah 
All right, let's go to our comments and questions. And let's go to Insta first and see what's going on with the with the Instagrammers. Now, if you have a comment or question, put it in now. If you put it before, I'm not going to scroll up because I want the question and answer to be live. Okay, I want the Q&A to be live. So put your comments and your questions uh, now, all right, before anything that you put before. We're not going to go back and read it so that everything can be live. All right, so first one is from Allah is capable and willing, but people's nafs get in the way. Now, if, you're un- if a person is unable to believe that Allah is willing, capable, and generous, then it's the sins. So you got to do ibadah, do good deeds to remove that iman. Uh, to, 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 to the opposite, to, to solidify that iman and remove those doubts. May I know, is that for women as well, walking around the streets to help others? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. No, because that's not really the akhlaq of how the sahabiyats operated. But there are certain places where it is acceptable right, to do that. So in those settings where it is acceptable, uh, they could do that to be of help to others. Music. We shouldn't listen to music, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, if you hear a jingle here or there, and there is some room for the synthetic, that which is synthetic, a touch of it. There is some flexibility on certain matters like that. But in general, listening to like uh, pop music and rap and stuff, to me, I think that's a blockage, spiritual blockage, right? And it's not something I've seen the Hafaz of Quran do. The scholars of righteousness is not a habit that they had, right? Yes, some of the scholars, they had some type leniency on very light things here and there, that's not a rule, right? That's more like an exception. And in the modern time, yeah, synthetic sounds, maybe they just turned a blind eye to it, but that doesn't mean sitting, listening all day. So, how to get rid of feeling of unworthiness. Don't don't feel unworthy. Don't get rid of that. Embrace that. We are unworthy. We are unworthy. That's why we're asking and Allah is the, the giver of the unworthy. Allah loves to give those who are more humble than those who are arrogant. So don't get rid of that. It's actually a very good feeling. But it doesn't affect Allah's generosity. In fact, He's more generous to the unworthy. Is Allah is capable, but is it possible that He is not willing to give us what we want? You have to remove that from your mind. That's not your business. Right? The destiny and what Allah wants, that's not your business. That is one of the tricks of shaitan. Why would you assume he's unwilling? Why would you assume he's willing? But what did the Prophet say? Why don't you make the Prophet the arbiter of this matter? Make the Prophet the arbiter. He said, make dua believing Allah's willing. That's it. Best dhikr for anger issues is salah on the Prophet wasallam. Please also discuss Kashf al-Mahjub by al-Hujwiri. Sure, why not? We'll talk about Kashf al-Mahjub by al-Hujwiri and we can read from it. Alright. Alright, next. Chill, LOL. Yeah, maybe that's good. Inshallah. Hajar, what about those who have needs and can't go to Arafah or Umrah, does it make a difference? 
they have to get up in the middle of the night in place of their ability to go to Hajj and Umrah. Mason Hakes, my mother recently wrote me into the will as the executor, but I can't inherit from her. She's not Muslim. Uh, number one, you won't treat it as inheritance, but the wealth is always better in the hands of a Muslim than a non-Muslim. So the fatwa for this is that you take the money on that principle rather than the principle of inheritance. Okay, So you, you should take the, whatever she wrote for you with the intent that it is the concept that wealth is better in the hands of a Muslim than a non-believer. Uh, and rather than as inheritance. Medni 786, if medical bills are pending, 50, $100, if we don't pay to hospital, we'll be held accountable on Judgment Day? I believe that the institutional debts are slightly different than individual debts, but all of them are debts, and we should pay them all uh, regardless. Because if we allowed that to spread in society, it would be a harm to society. And we wouldn't like that if we had uh, our own uh, companies, big companies. What about when, like, it's almost like a procedure that um, people who don't have insurance do, where, like, it's, like, well-known, and it's almost like it's built-in, where, you know, they go to the hospital, and they... Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so they go to the hospital, and they don't have insurance, so they pay... And they let it go to collections, yep. and then from collections, the hospital sells it to the debt collector, and then the debt collector, you know, he gets like pennies on the dollar, ten percent, uh, and so on and so forth. Or they go through bankruptcy. Is that like intentionally? Yeah, a lot of people do that. Uh, people who don't have health care, this is the only way that they can get treatment. It, but it's the only way they can get treatment because they have a legitimate uh, bankruptcy. R- right. It's because yeah. they can't afford like two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Worth but of bills. then, at, then their also credit is destroyed. Yeah, most people, like, their credit is, yeah, it's uh, completely yeah, destroyed. I'm pretty sure that, that's yeah. at least of their concern. But yeah. it's, it's, again, it's, this also speaks to a uh, larger, more exploitative issue of healthcare in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Health uh, care, the technology is so advanced, nobody can afford this. Right. You know, no one can afford these things, so. Unless it's subsidized. Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of what I'm trying to get at, though, is, like, it's almost like it's a built-in feature of the system to to default on the loan and then pay pennies on the dollar, pay some discounted rate. Would that be permissible, or do you have to pay at, like, what the agreed-to amount was in the beginning? Um, I would say you can go through those avenues if you you are, uh, if you're impoverished. You have Mm -hmm. no choice, it seems like. Yeah. Right? So permissible or impermissible it becomes permissible because you have no choice hmm. right but also if you're like the owner like let's say you're the business owner and you know somebody can't pay and you say hey just give me a portion of it right yeah. it's basically the same idea it is right? yeah uh, how can we strengthen our good opinion of Allah repeat the ahadith that do this like how many times in the stream have I repeated the Prophet Sallallahu said make dua while certain of the answer the more you repeat it the more you realize this is what Allah wants he wants you to be certain and here we are, receiving doubts from Iblis, right? Doubts from Iblis that um, Allah Ta'ala, He's not generous, He doesn't want to give you, maybe it's not good for you. Show me where did the Prophet ever say, think about that. That's from Iblis. The Prophet said, have certainty that Allah will give you. Yeah. What if something is qat'i in thubut and dalala? In one madhab and not in another, then it's a valid ikhtilaf. But is that? 
Is there something? I don't think something is going to be qat'iyat, thubut, and dalala. Uh, well, yeah, like, I guess it should be. I guess it, it could be, maybe. Can someone recite Salah on the Prophet I said him 1,000 times with intention to fulfill his needs and desires? Yes. Is it considered stealing if we pirate movies, books, shows, books? Technically, yeah. Uh, technically. Uh, <laughs> Gal Zarganta says, What should a recent revert do if their family, who they are dependent on, would disapprove of them practicing Islam? You may have to hide your Islam for temporarily. Right? You may have to hide them temporarily. When does the new ArcView launch? The new ArcView will launch, inshallah ta'ala. Probably, well, in terms of the, the, the uh, interface, I give it less, you know, 10 days. Inshallah. But in terms of the classes, we're finishing the fall term. After Eid, the new term begins. July 17th, the summer term begins. What does God say about having a spiritual leader? We all have imams. We all have to have uh, Above everyone of knowledge Is someone of more knowledge We all have some kind of teacher We have to have a teacher Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know So we all have to have mentors And shiuch Any book and series learn more about the attributes of Allah Well the 99 names Are listed and some of them are The whole point is to answer this question Is uh, writing the book Key to Paradise at SafinaPress.com. Okay. Uh, the whole point of that book was to be able to answer that question by, by you know, linking you to that book because it talks a lot about these and I'm going to continue improving that book. But for now, get that book. It's on its second edition. We're going to add the third edition, which is a big chapter on Qala and Qadr. And a lot of these questions that people ask about uh, Dua, etc., Miracles of Salah on the Prophet There is no doubt about it That um, uh, it, it, It's such a game changer for everything That we will talk about it again uh, Anika has a good question She says what about money of non-Muslims Parents That they got through the lottery Can the Muslim accept it If it's <clears throat> Mixed up with the other money Then yes But if it's direct Hey, I got a, I just got $10,000 from the lottery. I'm going to keep eight and give you two. That money, you take it and you buy for the local mosque lowly things, such as paper towels, toilet paper. You will get $2,000 worth of toilet paper, right? Or if they want asphalt, like they want to redo the parking lot, or you not redo the parking lot, but you know when they re-put tar on the parking lot again. Right, that's many masjid would need that, right? So it is permissible to knowingly use what's technically you're taking money haram money to give to a masjid, but not giving to the masjid as a blank slate only for lowly usage, okay? Things that are literally physically low toilet paper, um, paper towels, yeah, uh, tar up yeah, the parking lot, like yeah, like stuff like stuff that is lowly mm-hmm. and it's not sadaqah either, no. it's just unloading wealth. You don't you don't consider it sadaqah and say alhamdulillah I give sadaqah. You didn't give sadaqah, but you can accept a tax exemption. You're you are allowed to get a tax exempt letter for that because taxes in the first place are mostly forbidden the way they're taken from us. Um, on this issue, what if it's like a difference of opinion 
from between the madahib. Yeah. Like um, I had a friend who I was telling you about who is Hanafi. Yeah. And now I think there's a Hanafi opinion that they follow that you know Bitcoin is not permissible. Yeah. But among the Maliki, I think it's that's the one who wanted to donate it. To right. Yeah, so, like, can they have it. that intention of giving it a sadaqah, or like, what's kind of the line there? Like, just give guess, it to us, Wakhlas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's difference in the madahib, then he should follow his method on that. Mm-hmm. If if he's committed to his method, yeah. Right. So, like, if he if never he's has not committed, then if he know. never has that intention of sadaqah, will he be rewarded for it, or? You know, no, if he believes that he's offloading yeah. his money, right. then he's got to say that to the recipient. Yeah. And the recipient has to use that money mm. right, for something lowly. So, what do we do? Huh? We, we use it for toilet paper then? Is that what's going to happen? If he like, gives Safina society the money. So he's saying it's haram for me. I'm yeah. saying, no, that's halal money. Yeah. So he may, he may say, all right, here, take it as lowly. I, we, I would say, I guess we have to honor his res- wish hmm. on that. Right. But it wouldn't have been necessary. Like, we could have used the money in a normal yeah. way, right? Well, if he specifies use it as some, for something lowly, then we have fine. to honor that. Fine, right? we're, we're, we're paving yeah. the backyard. But if so he doesn't, then it's fine, right? If he yeah, doesn't, right. then fine. Okay. Because we don't believe it's, it's filthy money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is Imam al-Ghazali's book, says Anam, <clears throat> about the 99 names of good reference? Yes, and that's basically what I used. I used that and I used Bayhaqi. Into, in Key to Paradise, and I summarize it in easier language. If you make less than the poverty level threshold, major hospitals have charity care. That's good. That is from Hadi Amama. Reed is here, and Reed is a, uh, involved in counseling. If anyone needs counseling, you can check out her operation and talk to Reed. Sheikh, what if the obstacle in the situation keeps increasing, but my want to keep making dua doesn't die down? And I still want to make du'a for it. No problem. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Keep making du'a. Why not? As long as it's not a rational impossibility or a physical absurdity that you're asking for. <clears throat> can a Hanafi take the Maliki opinion on lobsters and crabs? We can eat that. Uh, oh, can a Hanafi take that opinion? It's not really a darura or a haja, so it would it would be considered not a nice, not a re- recommended practice, just to swap madhabs out of a desire, right? Out of a desire, that's not considered a good practice. But you wouldn't be considered doing something haram. I am uh, making istikhara, praying istikhara. The situation is stagnant. Do I continue? Yes, continue. Why stop? Have sabr. Be patient, right? Be patient. Does declaring your charity receipts for taxes conflict with giving with the right hand and the left not knowing? No. No, you should keep as much as your money from from being taxed as possible. Okay? I have no problem paying the local taxes because, like, it's a simple amount of money yeah. and I know where it's going. I see these guys working every day, Right? The federal taxes I have a problem with. I don't know where it's going. It's Israel. It's going to Israel, right? Like, how much do the federal highways want from me? I pay Easy Pass, right? What at the federal level am I paying towards? The army? Like, what part of the army? Uh, Maham says, well, I'm traveling. I meet a lot of Muslim women at mosque praying with a short T-shirt. You should say something, yes. I mean, that 
Salah is has issues. That Salah is defective. Praying with a t-shirt. Okay. What's a good book on the comparison of the four schools? There is a book called The Differences Between the Imams. That's what the name of the book is. The Differences Between the Imams. All right, next question is going to come from the Great Horned Owl. That's a unique name. I run an arts and literary magazine in my school, but do it mainly for the literature. Is that halal? It is halal uh, if the content is halal. If you have content that is haram, such as it's Pride Month, the whole issue is going to be rainbows and things like that, then you have issues. This is regardless of whether what she's writing is fine or not. This is regardless of whether what he or she's writing is fine. She's the editor. Yeah, oh, she's the editor. Right, so she runs the whole thing. She runs the whole thing, that's right. So that would be different if I'm contributing to the New York Times something. It's not my business that the New York Times is promoting other things, right? I'm also curious about the revert question theoretically. What would that involve not following the Sharia? Uh, You're going to practice your religion as best as possible if you have to hide it because some people do have to hide their faith. So you practice it to the best of your capability. Okay. I'm not going to say condone saying something wrong or doing something haram. I can't condone that, but I can say do it to your best of your capability. Okay. Because some people, it's not reasonable for them to say, all right, go wage World War III against your parents. The, they, the blowback might be so bad that they would leave Islam. How do I know that? How could I take on that responsibility of being the one who pushed them to that? So I would say do not pick a fight that you can't succeed at or win at. Or come out alive at. At the same time, practice the deen to the best of your capability. Okay. Where do we find Key to Paradise? It's at safinapress.com. Safinapress.com is where you can find the book Key to Paradise. I'm not here 9-11 says, The origin of consciousness in the breakdown of the bicameral mind by Jane's states a lot of the idol worship in the Bronze Age was influenced by schizophrenic suffering from Wiswes. I don't know how he knew that, how he would know that, without interviewing the people or witnessing them directly, but who knows. But it's definitely Wiswes' part is correct. I don't know about schizophrenic Wiswes. Okay. You know. You know. Uh, what can I do, says Sayyidah, to repent for wasting time on the clock. And Mason Hake says, you're not wasting time. Right? Attend NBF. Uh, maybe she's wasting time on the clock, like, uh, at her job. But if you're getting your work done, what's If you're getting your work done, Kalas, that's what it is. Unless you're talking about Elon Musk, who announced that all you fake employees... Who are working from home, you're going to work, you're going to show up and you're going to work 40 hours. I don't care if you're a millennial or not, right? <laughs> and you're going to work 40 hours or pretend to work somewhere else. I love billionaires in the sense that they, they don't no longer need filters. So they're nut jobs who, but it's as fun of entertainment to me because there's no filter. The guy has, halas, the entire, he has no filter because he has no need of anybody, right? And what he's doing on Twitter, because now he owns the platform, 
it's like comedy. It's like watching a live comedy show. He's get he could run for president in he 50 can. years like Donald yeah. Trump. We were, right? we were, we were just and troll he, his way up to the presidency. Yeah. That's exactly what Trump did, right? Yeah. Talking with some friends whether him and Trump run together on the ticket. Oh my god. They're saying the problems are both no, they can't run together. Big egos. They so can't run yeah, together. No one will concede the VP they, spot. They can, they can never run together. I think Elon Musk would, con- would concede to become VP because then he could do a Dick Cheney and just Dick run everything. Or he, he, right? he could do that, or he could do that with the, with the mentality that he's young and he'll be president later. Or that That's Trump true. will probably die soon, yeah. right? But that would be a hilarious ticket. I think the bigger feud between them would be whose Twitter's whose tweets get more media well t- Trump is not on Twitter anymore he's well, on truth well if he if, he, if Musk actually he might unban him I think they were talking about it yeah. well he, he'll is unban him but, but Trump is still going to stay on tr- truth according to it but here's the thing what would be yeah, funny he'd go is back on Twitter man Trump is very obsessed with Twitter yeah he'll, he'll definitely he'll come back. back the attention is crazy back on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. here's the thing this is how it would work be on the same ticket but never in the same room and then just have a clear distinction this is my area. This is your area, right? Like I'll talk to my base. I'll 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 deal with my base and anger the left, and you talk to like the millennials and the tech world. That's it. <laughs> Some groups like the Ottomans use a lot of music in a medical sense. I did say that's why I said that there are there is some leniency regarding certain instruments like the flute. Okay. Or the wind instruments. In the modern day, there is some edges, soft edges around things that cannot be determined what instrument is it, such as computerized stuff. And there are opinions that it's all haram, and there are opinions that they just turn a blind eye to a little bit. So, in general, it's forbidden, while knowing that there are some soft edges to everything. Has some soft, And this subject has some soft edges to it. Yes, uh, it's, not, it's not all just completely cut and dry. Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad was actually talking about this once. What did he uh, say? So he, 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 I think he's, he kind of is similar of your opinion, right? He said basically the best musical instrument is your vocal cord, right? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, some of the best things that you can listen to is group vocal performances or individual vocal performance without the need of any instruments. But he also talks about the, the rich history of the Ottomans. Yeah, using their usage of that. Specifically, stuff. you know, wind instruments. Wind instruments, yeah. For, for various, you know, uh, purposes healing for, and all that yeah, healing and all soothing that, so people so. but but, but he seems to be of the, he seems to be of the similar opinion where like you know your vocal cord is yeah is for when it's when it's that ish when it's that stuff that's where we're saying there's some soft edge right. we're not talking about Katy Perry and little Nas X or whatever uh, who these people are uh, that that stuff to me is all of that cannot be listened to like I wouldn't allow it to happen in my house uh, because I will feel that from my observed experience the Quran leaves such a heart if it's constantly inundated with this garbage. Yeah. And all these people. We're not talking about a, a Sufi who's doing dhikr every day and bending the law of the flute. Right. We're talking about shayateen and ints. Hmm. Okay? Who are producing you know, content and stuff that is just... It's all of it is just uh, the opposite way of where we're going. Okay? Ryan, what, what, what are you laughing at? No, you weren't laughing? Some, I thought someone said something good. They said Elon Musk wasn't born in Africa. He is South African. Is he born in South Africa? Yeah, too bad. He's, he's not, South African. He's not naturalized? Maybe he's uh, naturalized. He's, he'll he'll pay for it. He'll pay for it. He'll get it. <laughs> no, I think if you're naturalized, you can... No, no. no? You, have to, you have to be born and you have to... 
you have to be like 35 or older. That's the two main requirements to become president. Yeah, that's you could it. Be, you could probably be, I don't know if you actually... But you have to be born in the U.S., right? You have to be born in the U.S. That's, that's too to arbitrary. That's yeah. too, but what about vice president? You can't I think, even... I think those two positions have to be born in the U.S. Everything else mm. is, is fine. All right. Is using tax receipt for charity? We said yes, yes. It is allowed. I keep... All right, let's see this. Um, what does dua of the heedless heart mean? It means someone is thinking about something else and with his tongue only reciting the dua. And that may happen if we're making tasbih or adhkar or dua, but you're actually doing something else and you're completely busy in something else. Okay. Abby says, I actually had meniscus pain and I drank Zemzem for the pain to go away and it went away. I'll tell you what. Zemzem. Um, Ruqya. Why is it that these things are important to do all the time? Is because it emphasizes, right, the belief in the unseen. Right? It's not just a symbolic thing. People don't do it because they don't believe in the unseen. We want to strengthen our iman in the unseen. Okay? By drinking zamzam every day. By... Make, and making du'a with it by doing ruqya as soon as you get sick do ruqya first and then take the medicine second so it strengthens your belief in the unseen um, so a question about ruqya yeah um, you know the hadith of one of the sahaba yeah um, who the prophet says that there's going to be 70,000 people who are going to enter paradise without hisab yeah, the, so um, there was like a relationship to ruqya yeah right? they don't so, disrupt whatever's um, happening with spiritual means. Allah has given us spiritual means to stop certain things, right. but they don't do that. Okay, so this is but like this is like an elect group of people, right? Yeah. Okay. Is there uh, any advice for a revert in India? Well, uh, fa- I hope that you're uh, in a town that has a lot of Muslims, where you can search around for a good righteous group of Muslims and study with them and keep their company. So you have to look for these, you know, schools or madrasa or mosque where, or a scholar, righteous scholar. The righteous scholar is like the, uh, the tree of the community. The fruits will come out of them and he will produce other branches which will produce more fruits. Mm-hmm. And that shade is where you want to keep or seek refuge under. It doesn't matter if that scholar has a mosque or not. But the, he, has to, he should have a space to do his work. But that's really where you want to be. Is the profession of being a photographer haram or halal? It is halal in itself, but the content is what you have to ask yourself. Are you taking photographs, the content of which is forbidden, such as if they say, we need you to take pictures at the bar, then no. What is the method of ruqya? Ruqya is nothing other than a dua, wadhikr, ma'alams. That's it. Ruqya is putting your hand on yourself or others while reciting dhikr and dua. That's it. That's how simple it is. Ruqya is a branch of dua. Many people think ruqya is a big thing um, and they don't realize how simple it is. Anybody can do ruqya. And of course, the more pious the person, the more likely their dua is mustajab and the sakina comes to their ibadah. Sakina comes to the ibadah. When, what does it mean when we say someone's spiritually powerful? It means because of the purity of their heart 
and the strength in which they do do'a. Purity of heart means they stay away from sins. Like we can tell if someone stays away. You can tell if you're staying away from sins or you're committing sins, right? The ikhlas, we know when you're sincere and when you're not. Every one of us knows to a degree if I'm being sincere or if I'm not. And over time we learn, uh, I thought I was sincere, but I was like 50% sincere. When this incident occurred and the person told me you're a, you're a fraud, I got upset and that showed that I wasn't 100% sincere. Okay? So over time though, we learn sincerity. And number three, when you do a lot of ibadah and dua, you get good at it. You get strong at it. More sakina comes down to the person. So that's what we mean that we want the dua of certain people. We want the ruqya of certain people. It's because they're advanced in this matter. You can't tell me that the dua of someone who never makes dua and the dua of someone who's been making dua for 40 years, you know, many times a day, intense dua, you cannot tell me their dua is the same because that would mean Allah is unjust. Right? The dua of someone who is always in the remembrance of Allah is going to be greater and more hopeful. The correct language is more hopeful of being accepted. We can't say what Allah accepts and doesn't accept. But we should say more arja lil qabul, more hopeful for being accepted. Then the dua of someone who, for, who only remembers Allah very little, and then one time he just made dua and that's it. Okay. Arja lil qabul is the word that you should remember more hopeful to be accepted. All right, so we have here AK, Medini 786, 786 says, I'm from India myself. Be quiet and try to move to a Muslim area. Do not let anyone know you're a revert. Your parent, your relative should, shouldn't talk about you or leak about you. Can we recite Quran and blow over water? Is using the water as effective as reciting it? I have seen in the narrations of the Salaf and some marfu'a to the Prophet ﷺ that he did this. Reciting Qur'an or dua and dhikr and then blowing in that water and then using that water for shifa. Wallahu ta'ala alam. But let me go find a more direct thing that, the, that is from the Prophet ﷺ or from the Salaf. Because the, the proof of that is that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri was the first person to do ruqya from the Sahaba in front of everybody. And the way he did it he actually did ruqya on a on a tribal chief who was a non who was a pagan that it was dark and rainy on the muslims and windy so they went to this tribe and they said host us for the night you have tents you have food they said no you're muslims leave so they left a few minutes later a boy came running he said the chief of our tribe just got stung by a scorpion and we know that you know ruqya you're people of god so Abu Sa'id al-Khudri comes back, radiallahu anhu, and he holds the leg of the man where the cut was and the bite mark. And he says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And he recites Surah Al-Fatiha. And then he spits. What's the belief? The belief that the association of the, the dhikr and the dua with his lu'ab, his saliva. He recites it and he spits. He recites it and he spits until it was cured. As we said, our aqidah is that we have a powerful thing called a sakina. Sakina is a nur, and it comes down. Malaika bring it down, and it affects everything related to the to around that ibadah. Okay, that's why there's amakin mubaraka means place where there was a lot of ibadah. Okay, and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri had to explain himself to the Prophet because other Sahaba said, "O Messenger of Allah." 
Abu Sa'id did something we never saw, and he charged money for it, mm. right? Because this man is a pagan, right? Mm -hmm. And you didn't, you did, we needed shelter. So he said, I'll do it for you if you give us shelter, and now you're going to give us a little more than what we would have given us before. Food, shelter, and a couple extra sheep. The man agreed, because his, his leg is going to be cut off otherwise, right? So the Prophet ﷺ gave the answer that what he did was valid, of reciting Fatiha, and spitting and taking money for it was valid right because it's tib just because you're using sakina what's the difference between a doctor who uses herbs and a doctor who uses pharmaceuticals and a doctor who uses sakina if the result is the same right so all of medicine is not rational it's experimental yeah. so if I keep seeing the results it's inductive cause and effect it's cause and effect it's inductive it's yeah. not something that's deductive it's not rational so all medicine, whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's herbs, whether it's medicine man, as long as there's no shirk involved with these medicine men, like herbs, herbal doctors, okay? And uh, a, a person who uses sakina, like Abu Sa'id al-Khudri did. If we get the results, then we pay. No result, no pay. As simple as that, right? So it's, 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 uh, it's something that's an inductive thing that's tr through trial and error. Can ruqya be done from a distance? It can be done from a distance. Without, uh, it can be done from a distance. It would just not have the touching element, right? Ruqya can be done by a person doing some ibadah, such that they enter into a state of ikhlas and then they make a dua for the person, right? And they just they sort of visualize it in their head that this is going for ruqya for another person. I'm telling you, it helps us believe. It helps us have iman in the ghaib. And what is all of Surah Al-Baqarah? The first attribute of a mu'min, yu'minun bil-ghayb. And the first thing, what is the problem of the modern era? We don't believe in the ghayb. We only believe in the material. All of Surah Al-Kahf, which is protection for us from Dajjal, it's all about, we should believe in the ghayb more than the scene. Okay? Believe in the ghayb is stronger than the scene. Surah Al-Baqarah, Sayyidina Dawood, and Bani Israel, the Prophet Simon, or Shamweel, At-Tabut fihi sakina. With that tabut, Qurtubi tells us in tafsir, all the tafsir say, the Bani Israel used to get victory. Right? The Bani Israel used to have victory when they uh, take the tabut with them. Okay? When they take the tabut with them and they uh, go into battle, they get victory. So sakina to us is a source of victory. Let's go to Facebook. I never look at the comments from Facebook. But are they loading? Yeah, they are. Okay, good. Excellent, good. So that's basically uh, the importance of Sakina. We'll take a couple more questions, then we'll go. Medni 786, Mumbai, Kerala, Hyderabad, West Bengal are the safe areas for Muslims in India. Can you, Rashid al-Kabir, can you rent out to a gay couple? You rent out what? Presuming it means like an apartment. Or an apartment or, or a club. Oh, yeah. Or a, a place of work for there to do their work, like uh, a gay prostitute or a gay person. No, you're allowed. That is a valid transaction, right? Like if I have a baker, if I'm a baker and I have a loaf of bread, and a gay person comes and says, I want to eat your bread, and he pays me for it, it's totally valid, right? It's a valid transaction. If it's going to be for like a gay club, then no. 
Huh? Any club really is probably not permissible. Any club is going to be, <laughs> but, but one not permissible, and we can expect the uh, uh, people to do it. And another one is far off that people shouldn't like. You know, certain things, the sins are worse. The sin that's near to the fitra is more likely to be forgiven. The sin that near that is far from the fitra is more, you know, worse. Uh, Muhammad Azhar says, "Assalamu alaikum." For many years now, I am suffering with some kind of sleep terror. Like while asleep, a spell of terror. Allah Adam, to be honest with you, I have no knowledge of this, but I can just tell you to recite the awrad of a sabah wal masa. The awrad of the sabah wal masa. It is uh, found at safinasociety.org backslash wird. So let me just type it in here safinasociety.org. And you may ask somebody else because I'm not, uh, never experienced anything like this in terms of solving a problem like that Nimra says new age spiritualists ignore immediately <laughs> they have a water manifestation technique where they whisper their positive affirmations on the water and then they drink it <laughs> it's like you know you were saying, you were saying this uh, before right about yes. like how a lot of in the secularist movement now there's this need for they need help they need spiritual they have to come into shirk they now. need something spiritual without to. the accountability yes like you, you said this yeah. in one of your live streams yeah. and like this is I mean this is kind of similar yeah. to what you described with the, with the, with the prophet did with right yeah. blowing blowing saying that and blowing on the water and then yeah. so, so it's almost like they're taking they just want to take the nice part. exactly <laughs> no they, they will and they will continue and to do that but they won't take the actual oh yeah 100% you know, the main 100% they will continue to, that's why atheism must lead to shirk let me put it this way atheism emptiness plus poverty or minus money or minus security equals a transition to paganism it is obligatory either you're going to go back to god or you're going to go to some idol you need help outside yourself the point is once you realize oh i can't do this anymore i need help outside myself are you going to go to the creator and the monotheistic religions or are you going to go to a pagan god and all of youtube is now paganism you've seen this like all of youtube is now paganism anything that cannot be proven right can't be proven like for us we don't do anything spiritual unless we get a message from the prophet otherwise it's just dabbling right it's just experiments trying to trial and error and why would you believe in something unless i could show you the results right so cults and stuff the way the cults operate is that they actually will give you something that you can never prove whether it worked or not. Like we said, the ruqya, the ruqya of Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri has proven, right? It's right in front of you that it healed his, his disease. Okay, so we can prove that. But cults and shirk and all that, you can never prove it. Yeah. All right, um, now. Something interesting I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Is like, it was like a crazy... But it's going to become more and more mainstream. Um, they were like quoting some, uh, you know, like a lot of the uh, mashayikh. They were talking about like now Pride Month is here. Yeah. And we know uncategorically that this is haram. And um, their comment was like their reaction to this was like, I can't believe they're saying this in Pride Month of all times. So the implication was like that, Pride Month of all times. like basically the implication there. Is, is that like they're upset that the sheikh is saying these things against Qomilut, but also disrespecting Qomilut. It, but they're saying it in, in Pride, Pride Month. Month, as if like not to, yeah. as if it's like 
it's becoming like a sacred thing for them. Yeah, don't it's like talk saying, about Qawm Oh, Muslim. I can't believe you're ta- doing the sin in Ramadan. Yeah. So, like, this yeah. month is becoming something weirdly sacred for them. Ajib. It's ajib. So, so silence on Qawm Lutz in uh, their Pride Month. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, if someone was to say to you, Okay, well, look, you're saying that all of these people are, are making these claims that cannot be proven. Well, you also say, make dua and the dua is accepted and we see the result. That's not the justification of making dua. We don't make dua just because someone said, I made a dua and I got the result. We make dua because the messenger commanded us to, Allah has commanded us, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself says, so we are commanded to make dua either way. So Sayyidina Ibn Umar said, right? My concern is to make dua. That's what Allah told me to do. Istijaba is a nice cherry on top. It's a nice icing. When I read that other people, uh, when I see that other people, their prayers were answered, it gives me a motivation. But it's not the root. Whereas these people, with their fake techniques and dabbling in everything, what is the basis? They're claiming, he's claiming, hey, look, I'm a millionaire, and I do this. That's the only claim. So he's, but how can you prove that that's the reason you're a millionaire, not something else, right? So for us, if someone was to say to me, hey, I made dua for money, then lo and behold, I got a nice inheritance check. We would only say that, yes, I believe that, the, the result, the cause is dua, because Allah himself has told us that. To believe that. So we realize our epistemology of why we believe in dua is because of the word of God and his prophet, not because claims of other people. Claims of other people are wonderful, extra. It's adding some extra olive oil to the pan, right? So that it doesn't stick. <laughs> That's what it is. If we had no stories of istijaba, we would still make dua. Right. If like there was not a single human being who ever said my prayer were answered, we still make dua. Because dua is ibadah in itself. It's tadallul to Allah that's ibadah to it in itself. And if, uh, and if we had nobody who told us that I feel such a great sakina, all that stuff, it's all icing on top. It's not the us on the root. And that's why we said spiritual nourishment, this claim, has to have a rational basis. It has to be pinned down in something that mentally, if I'm someone who's inquisitive, this makes sense to me. It's acceptable to me. And it's so important to realize that you do not... You, we don't do something because of a claim of, of an experience. We do something because the divine command. The following of the Prophet, peace be upon Dua for getting a job. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Very important. Okay. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Chill, lol. Allahu alam. But I think it's maybe a nice thing that what you're saying is very nice. Whatever it is. Taiba says Ya Mutakabbiru reciting it with Durud Sharif, which is Salah on the Prophet. Okay, has helped my nephews not have nightmares. Good. Ibadah, dhikr can help with people go to sleep. Uh, and it is a sunnah of the Prophet to do to do a long dua and ibadah in his bed before he sleeps. And this is also what we can call Mujarrab. Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah believes in Mujarrabat. 
Because the root of all dhikr and dua is the command of the Prophet. But mujarrabat is the idea that, oh, I tried this and I got this result. And we're allowed to believe in that and it could be the motivation to do it. It's not the asl. The asl is the command of God and His Prophet, but this is the motivation. Mujarrabat means, oh, I tried to do this and I got this result. Fine, no problem. It's halal anyway to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mandub anyway. Making dua during sujood, yes, it's permissible. Hanafis have other rules on that. Can you make a series on how to dua can be answered? Yes, inshallah. And remember, all of these factors are factors that make your dua more likely to be answered. Okay? And we should have the absolute iman that it will be answered. Alright? Because, again, why? Because the Prophet commanded it. That's the best thing. Oh, I didn't see a sign. I saw a sign. I saw a dream. Why do I need all that when the Prophet himself is telling you to do this? Believe it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I ever need. If you could give one advice to someone for the rest of their lives, what would it be? I would say, Husna dhanni billah will lead you to everything good. Having a good opinion of Allah and follow His law. How do you have a, you have a good opinion of Allah by believing? One of the things of Husna dhan billah is that but following his law will lead you to good. Mm-hmm. And su'id dhan billah, breaking his law will lead you to good, is su'id dhan billah, bad opinion of Allah. And that following his law will lead you to bad, is a su'id dhan, bad opinion of Allah. <coughs> right. mm-hmm. Is there a specific dua in ruqya? No, but there are certain ayat yeah. that are popular in ruqya. Fatiha, ayat al-kursi, amna rasul, law anzalna hadha quran and there are six ayat al-shifa. If you go to YouTube, Google, and write ayat al-shifa, you'll get a list of all the ayat that mention shifa. Mm-hmm. Why? We will reveal from the Qur'an what is a cure to the mu'mineen. That means not all the ayat of our uh, cure. Okay? You don't come to someone bleeding and you recite, A'udhu billahi min shaytan rajim Right? Strike at the necks and, and strike at the limbs. This ayah is an ayah of rahmah, by the way. Right? Allah says in the Quran, when you fight wars, strike at the neck and the limbs. Why is that? Because it's the fastest way of death. It's, it, it, rather than poking holes all the torso and stuff, if you just slice these arteries, the person bleeds out easily. Right? It's rahmah to the person that we're killing. Like we're, we were trying to kill you, but we're still nice to you. Right? So that's what the ayah is saying. But you don't recite those verses, someone's bleeding, right? <laughs> uh, same thing, you don't go to a wedding and certain ayat you don't recite at a wedding. <laughs> right? Uh, so that's why you should look at Ayat al-Shifa, Surat al-Ikhlas, Surat al-Falaq, Surat al-Nas. And uh, the last three verses of Surat al-Hash, لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبن. And Ayat al-Shifa, Fatiha, Ayat al-Kursi and the last Last three ayahs of Baqarah Last ten ayahs of Ali Imran Are the jinn real? Are nasab ancestral jinns real? What are the signs that someone has been afflicted by them? Allahu alam. I have no knowledge on the world of jinn even though I live in South Brunswick between South Brunswick and Edison Right where there are a lot of people who now complain of jinn because the Hindus have brought all their jinn world with them, mm. right? And the temples are here now and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who complain about jinn now, but I don't have any knowledge on that. 
Aniq Ahmed, could you please tell that what would be the correct method of determining zakat on mutual funds? There's difference of opinion on that. Where the Maliki opinion is that if I was to give money to an investor, okay, I give money to an investor, and that investor has my money and he's put it into a company, that money is not in my possession anymore. It's in the company. Okay, it's it's as if when I buy a stock in Apple, that's what it's. This is what it's like. Right. Uh, you're a baker. I like your company. Take my money. He takes my money. He buys bread. He buy. He mm-hmm. pays the light bill. When I want my pers- now I own two percent of your business. Mm-hmm. When I want my money back, I ask you. When I get it back, then I pay zakat upon it immediately. Mm-hmm. Not every year because that money's gone, chalas. Right now, the only one who does pay zakat on all his stocks is the day trader. The constant trader, he treats it like Arud al-Tijara, which is like a retail item. Okay, His stock is a retail item. Because he doesn't, he's not really investing in the company. He's just buying the stock, waiting for its price to go up a little bit and unloading. So he's a, he's a retailer. Every day, the mm. stock doesn't sit with him for more than two, three days. Right? That's a day trader. Right? Or someone who does that and the stock doesn't sit with him. Uh, he doesn't have no plan to hold it. He's unloading it as soon as possible. Mm. They pay... Zakah once a year on the value of all those stocks, 2.5%. So that's the correct answer to that. So Anika, when you get your money back, okay, you pay 2.5% on everything you get back that one time. And that's something that me and Harun looked over and we he had he had looked over because he's more knowledgeable on the financial and, and he's more into money and he's an accountant, right? He knows all these things a lot better than I do. So, But when we talked about it, we're like, yeah, this money is not in your possession at all. Mm. Just because yeah. there's a, a number on a screen that yeah. they're updating for you, that's meaningless, right? That's it's just true. a number on yeah. a screen that they're updating for you. That would be the value if you sold now, but that, that money is not in your hand, right? right? So, and a stock is not a currency. Right. All right, let's take only one more question. Hmm. What country do you think is best to study Islam? I would say Turkey. Right? In this day and age, Turkey, it's, it's got a lot of Syrian scholars. And if you contact, contact Ryan, Ryan will give you from, Murad will uh, tell you about the schools. And you're going to soon know and be our man on the ground there, inshallah. Inshallah. Is place, Reed says, is placing a hand on ourselves when we are experiencing pain. And we read Quran called Ruqya? Yes, it is. And you could do you could do it by yourself. You could do someone else do it for you. The more ikhlas, the more humility, the more sincerity you have in the recitation and the dua, then the better, the more likely that you will find the result. And the more iman you have to have. You have to have iman with. Wallah, some people, they do the ruqya as if it's like a ritual. No, you have to believe it's going to work. And there's nothing wrong with you taking medicine at the same time. Um, Maham says her dad's listening he said either I'm getting old or the shoe are getting young <laughs> one more question so then what to read when you move out for safety and protection and move to somewhere new uh, the best practice of people when they move to somewhere new is they call the adhan there Right, call the adhan and salah. The more when you do adhan and you call salah, um, 
uh, and you do salah there, then inshallah, any of the shayateen that were there, because sometimes if the place is vacant, the shayateen settle in it, and therefore you go in, you call the adhan, you do salah, and they would leave. Okay. Uh, if you, when I said uh, we're talking about uh, Ryan's number, we're saying info at safinasociety.org. Ryan will get those emails. Info at safinasociety.org. Adizmin, that's how you can contact Ryan, and he will inshallah answer you, or your question by asking. He'll, why don't you just connect him straight to Murad, inshallah. All right. Um, folks, we are back. We uh, on Monday, inshallah. No, any holidays Monday? No, 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 no American holidays Monday. So we are back, inshallah. Jazakum Allah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al insan la fi khusr. Illa aladina amanu wa aminu salihat. Watawasob al haq. Watawasob al sabr. We ask Allah Taala that give us all a blessed weekend and give us all a a protection in this weekend and may Allah Ta'ala answer everyone's dua on this Thursday night coming upon us ya mujibu ya mujibu ya mujibu sallallahu alayhi wa